0: Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one
1: of our weekly dinner parties.
0: We're doing something a little bit differently today. Uh, I am not preaching um, today, and, and uh, so I, uh, I tried to join the worship team, they wouldn't let me. Um, but I, um, one, one of the things that we do ever so often, and we have not done it since we've been back, and we didn't do it even when we were uh, online, so it's been, it's been a while. Uh, we do something we just call five-by-five, five, which is our opportunity to give a few voices in our church an opportunity to speak. Because if we really do believe that we want to see Jesus on every street and every heart, we have to equip people to take Jesus to every street and every heart. And if all they've learned is that that guy knows how to talk about the gospel, then we've done nobody any good. And so far too often we've, we've modeled what it is to preach behind a pulpit rather than serve people on your street. And so we, we wanted to take some people who I – here's what I know – this church is built on more than one or two voices. This church is built on, on a chorus of people. That's what the church is. It's the people. It's the saints. It's the community. And so we have way too many brilliant, amazing, incredible people uh, for me to be the only one talking all the time. And, uh, and so we, we want to make sure, and this is, this is just a few that we have now. We'll have a few more later. Um, and if you ever tell me, man, I'm not really sure I ever want to preach, um, you will. So just be careful. Um, In fact, Pastor Scott said earlier, he goes, I don't want to tell you when I wanted to share a team huddle because you'll make me share it. And he did. He did share it. Um, And so what we're going to do, we're going to have five people share for five minutes. It's actually today going to be a four by five. Abby O'Reilly was going to be on uh, the five by five. And then I said something that made her upset. Um, No, she's not feeling well. Um, so she uh, just in a, an abundance of caution and making sure she's good um, is going to kind of we're going to delay that, um, and then even our first five by five is via video uh, because they were together at one point this week. So I know it's all it's all kinds of stuff, but um, but I'm excited for it. So the first one's going to be video. So we've got Thomas Bocage, who was part of our art gallery at our Vision Builders, and still some of his work is out there. Uh, we've got uh, Samuel. He, I, no Hester. It's not Heaster. It, yeah, it is heister Okay, yeah, my bad. We went over this the other day. I feel bad. It's Heaster. Samuel Heaster. Not Hester or Heister. Heaster. All right. Uh, we got Samuel Heaster. We got Donnie Adams. Um and we've got Emma. Which I still only have your first name in my uh in my phone. I don't have your last name. Yeah, Robert, oh that dang it. I only have yeah, okay. And so, and then Abby was going to be it. And so what they're going to do, they're going to jump up here and share five minutes, all of them sharing around the same theme, same topic. We are in a book called Honest Advent, uh, really uh, leading up to the expectation of Jesus' arrival and and really digging into the honesty of Advent and looking back at what Mary and Joseph and they had to go through and talking about even Jesus' vulnerability to show up as a child. And so I'm really excited about what they're going to share. Here's what I'm going to ask of you. They had the guts to get up here and share with you. Um, I want you to make sure that you're supporting them and not just by, like, nodding every once in a while. But speak up. Say amen. You can say preach it, preacher. You can say well done. You can say yes, yeah. Whatever you want to say, I want you to make sure that you are encouraging them as they speak. Um, Every one of them, as I talked with them this week, had such a respect for what they were going to do. There was a small amount of nerves involved, which I think is healthy. Um, They had such a desire, and all of them felt like the Holy Spirit was giving them something to share. In fact, the issue was that they felt like there was too much to share, and I'd only given them five minutes. And with Abby out, uh, Samuel quickly asked for seven minutes. Um, And so I'm going to let them share, but the first one we're going to do is we're going to do uh, 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 Thomas's. Uh, Via video, you can still amen it just to warm up your vocal cords, okay? Because amening something is not just for the person who's speaking, it's also for you because you need to remind yourself that you liked what was just said, all right? And so I'm going to introduce that and then they're just going to come up in rapid fire, jump up here, and then I'll close it out in a few minutes. You excited for it? You ready for it? Come on. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm just so blown away by the voices we have in our church and what God wants to do. Okay, so I'm going to introduce now Thomas Bocage. Check this out.
2: Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for allowing me to speak during the 5x5. Five five. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I was asked to impress upon all of you guys on what was impressed upon me uh, in reading this book, Honest Advent by Scott Erickson. I, I do have some thoughts to share about that specifically regarding uh, identity and purpose. Oftentimes we ask ourselves, who, who are we? You know, what am I supposed to be doing? There's a excerpt in the book that I found very interesting that kind of illuminates the idea of that to me. Uh, so Scott Erickson says, who we are is deeper than where we find ourselves in this moment. And Jesus illuminates that deeper identity. To put it simply, there is a part of us that is spiritual that was created by God. That all of us have; everyone possesses it. It gives us a deeper meaning. If you read Galatians 2:20, it says this: "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live." In the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me so when i read that my understanding is that we are all sons and daughters of god that is our identity and understanding our identity i believe helps us understand our purpose a lot more Uh, in scripture it says our purpose is to glorify god through whatever we do it's that simple if there's one thing I want you to walk away from in this little communication here, it's that we complicate things too much as, as human beings, and it's just a part of our nature. Uh, we are always conflicted and confused and have a, a bunch of different opinions that are constantly changing, but one thing remains true, and that is our purpose is to glorify God. In all things that we do because our identity is rooted in him and it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter if you know you're a barista it doesn't matter if uh, you're a singer it doesn't matter if you're a worker at staples as scott erickson mentions in his book all that you do is for god's glory and i think understanding that is very very important uh, especially if you are in a place where you feel stuck where you feel like what you're doing doesn't necessarily matter or what you're doing isn't what you want to be doing uh, I've been there I know people that have been there I know people that are currently going through it uh, and I would be lying if I said that I don't go I don't, I don't have thoughts like that it's it's difficult and I know it's difficult but God did not promise us a life that was going to be easy in that challenge we are given the opportunity to take what God has given us, whatever position that we have, uh, whatever vocation we're in, and glorify Him in it. And it's not easy to do that sometimes. So making making the conscious decision to do that, and to worship Him in that, and then to give glory to Him when you do well in whatever position you're in, that is just, that is your purpose. Things don't have to be difficult because they're already going to be difficult so there's no there's no reason to make them more difficult on yourself you know it's hard but if you really think about it we are given the tools in our life through god the resources the word community we're given all these things for a reason and that's to get to the point where where we can all pursue our purpose together and that purpose the greater purpose of all of us is to glorify God. Again, appreciate the opportunity by Pastor Brandon. I wish I could obviously be there in person. Uh, next time though, I do want to do this again because I do love speaking to you guys and I love this church. I love the community that I'm in now. I just hope that you walk away from this knowing that things don't have to be too complicated. You know your purpose when you know your identity and your identity is rooted in Christ. So take that, mull, mull it over, discuss it. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you soon.
3: Well, good morning, C3. How's it going? Not many times you get to hear the drummer talk. I mean, just back there, you know, drumming away. Um, I know, right? Yeah. No, that was actually my first point, is that this is something that is extremely special that we can participate in as a church this big. I don't know of another church that I've been to where we're allowed to, or we have the time. I mean, not that there isn't time, but that there's a lot of time for members of the congregation to come up here and be able to share what's on their mind. Because there's everyone here has could be up here sharing what they've learned. And we get five minutes, but I mean, everyone here could speak for 30 minutes, you know, if they could just relax. <laughs> so that kind of goes into my first point, which is, Um, In this season, as a church, we're trying to move towards a posture of vulnerability. And what better way to do it than the five by four today, but five by five, where this is a vulnerable place right here. You're in front of people. You have something to say. You're not sure if people are going to listen or if they are going to take notes or, you know, remember this in the future. But if you guys don't remember anything from my five minutes today, just remember that vulnerability is a gift. And... That's my pre-point, because I have another main point. <laughs> so my main point is, in order for us to understand the unseen part of ourselves, it's important that we learn how to have a posture of vulnerability with our creator. And, yeah. and, and that creates trust, which creates an identity. Yeah. So without that, that bridge of trust that you have with your creator, which again, he knows everything about you already. It's not like he's waiting for you to tell him all the things he doesn't know. Yeah. He asked us to verbally repent, verbally say it out loud, be intentional with it. And that's vulnerability. And vulnerability has two. It has a recognition and an action. It's not by itself. The, the two go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so again, the point is in order for us to understand the unseen part of ourselves, is important that we learn how to have a posture of... Um, Vulnerability with our Creator, so that there's trust, and that over time there is an identity that you, there's no question about it. Yeah, so, the first verse I had sent Brendan the the verse Second Corinthians four eighteen. If you want to pull it up on your phone or follow along. Oh, so, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians fourteen. I I can I can read it. This one does not apply (laughs) to what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Okay, let me pull it up real quick. This is what Brandon does, you rely on the screen and then doesn't have it ready. (laughs) All right. All right, here we go. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And it's the part of us that makes us us that is eternal. And the physical part of us is very connected with the um, spiritual part, but at the same time, they're very separate and they operate in separate realms. And we see that through the life of Jesus, obviously. But going back to what I said in the beginning, vulnerability is a gift because the first step is realizing the thing that God is revealing to you. It could be a good thing. It could be a gift that he wants you to move towards. It could be a sin that he wants you to confess. But vulnerability requires that you identify that and you realize it and you take action. Um, I wanted to read, so the, the chapter that, I, that stuck out to me was the light chapter in the Advent book, if you have it. It's page 22, but if you don't, you can just listen. Um, People come into the world already made. Sure, we are a culmination of body parts, ears, eyes, ears, nose, enabling sights and sounds and smells and all other sensory experience, but there is a deeper, unseen part of us too. We use words like soul and spirit to describe that untouchable part. It's the essence that's hard to put a finger on Although when you look deep into someone's eyes, you can kind of see it. That is the hidden part of a child you must pay attention to in parenting. And this is the same part in ourselves that we must bring to our Advent meditation. And I really like that because my wife and I are expecting, and it was talking about kids. And I'm thinking, I've already learned, I mean, those of us that are married in this room, you're vulnerable whether you like it or not. Like you are, your wife, whether she even says anything or, does, or doesn't say anything, like, you see it. Somehow it reveals the deeper issue. <laughs> and sometimes it's gifts, sometimes, again, it's sin that you need to repent and work on. But what that does is it allows you, The defining moments in, in my marriage, at least, were moments where I was vulnerable, and she saw stuff in me, and we talked about it, and boom, we move forward. There's growth. And that, over time, creates some sort of identity between you, and again, it all points to Christ. It is a symbol of how the, the Lord loves his church, obviously. Um, again, with kids, too. Like, Again, I don't have kids now, but I will next month. <laughs> so I better learn this quick. But learning how to be vulnerable with your kids, but at the same time be, ha, have a, um, a posture of strength, but also learn how to be vulnerable with them so they know that you're not perfect either. Um, and then... Yeah, so the symbol of marriage is a perfect example of how vulnerability, it creates a posture of vulnerability whether you like it or not. You can fight against it, and that just creates division, or you can move, lean into that. And I like the word posture. I use that a lot because Brandon uses that word a lot, <laughs> posture. <laughs> and uh, that part of us, that, that posture allows us to grow and develop. And you, you can see a big difference between a relationship that doesn't do that and a relationship that does. And I feel like since vulnerability is a gift, we should accept that gift and move forward. Again, in the, this 2020, as we're closing it out, I challenge you, because it's I only have five minutes, the power I have here. <laughs> I challenge you to see uh, vulnerability when it's being made aware to you as a gift and to take action. Um, I had a closing thought. <laughs> Should I just leave it at that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It was the unseen part of us because I wanted to come back to that because that was the book talks about. The unseen part of us through vulnerability and that posture, moving towards that, becomes more secure in the identity of Christ. So good. There go.
4: So good.
1: Okay, nah, I'm good. Uh, if you know me and the more you get to know me, you'll realize that I'm not the uh, deepest person. I'm pretty, um, when it comes to scripture, when it comes to Bible, when it comes to life, I live everything just kind of like flittering and floating around. I just, I enjoy just the simple things. I'm a simple man. Uh, so I'm going to give you a scripture that you guys have all have heard since you were a little kid, um, if you've been in church for any number of years, it's John 3:16, 16. Um, and I could ask almost anybody in here, and you could probably all tell it back to me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, uh, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And there's so much depth in that scripture if we really begin to unpack it. Um, but we're not going to unpack it this morning. We're just going to stay right there. On what the words say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If you could, if you could give one word to the year 2020, and it's, it's a word that's a chapter in this book, it's unexpected. Uh, Sam used the word expecting. Him and his wife are expecting. Uh, a couple who is expecting are completely clueless as to what's about to happen. There's so much unexpected that's about to hit you. Uh, whenever you get married, there's so much that you're expecting. And then you get there and it's like, well, this is not what I expect. This is the unexpected. Uh, when you have children, when you take on a new job, there's so much unexpected in life. The thing I love about this scripture, John 3:16, is it gives us a picture of what the world was expecting, but it came in a way that was very unexpected. Wow. They had heard the, the, the coming of Jesus, the Son of God. And all, and all they heard he was, the government was going to be on his shoulders. He was going to be the Prince of peace, the Almighty God. And he comes in the form of a little bitty, seemingly helpless baby who needed so much from a mother and a father. He came in an unexpected, unexpected way. It wasn't through natural causes. The Holy Spirit and Mary and now baby who says those kinds of things. Jesus grew up in the synagogue, in the temple, being taught the son of God being taught. If you think you don't need to be taught, Jesus was taught. That was a spot for an amen right there. He grew up. He had to learn how to work. So all of you kids in here who don't think you need to work, even Jesus worked. He followed his father and he made cabinets and he made tables and he made chairs and he probably made beams that were like the cross that he hung on. There was so much in his life that was unexpected. The way he lived his life, a man coming and saying that he's the son of God. I don't expect this guy to come and do this. There was so much unexpected about his life. And then, when he should be carrying the government on his shoulders, whenever he should be turning everything upside down and carrying it all on his his shoulders, what did he do? He laid down. He nailed himself to a cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured a cross. When we look back at this year, 2020, and some of us could say, what a heck, Uh huh. What a heck of a year it has been. My wife and I both lost jobs in this year. Went weeks without a paycheck. But here's the deal. God had set us up with a savings account that was enough to help meet our needs. When we see the future and we look into the future and we pray into the future and we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm talking after these guys because Thomas, Samuel, you guys were awesome. Yeah. You guys were awesome. Let me just say, and look, one more thing. Brandon said, we have so many amazing, talented, awesome people in this church. So he just called you amazing and talented and awesome. So I, I take that for myself as well. <laughs> That's my identity is, he said I'm amazing and awesome. Yeah. In this year, We're expecting something from 2021. We're expecting to step into a new year. I know we already stepped into the New Year Christian calendar. But we're expecting come 2021 for it to be a new year. I don't know what's going to happen in 2021. It may may be a reprise of 2020. But my, my hope is not in what happens here. The Bible says if you have hope for this life alone, you are of all men the most miserable. So our expectation, even in the midst of unexpected, our expectation is for God so loved. He loved me. He loved me enough to send his one and only son. That if I simply believe, I don't have to read a million books. I don't have to be on my face praying all day. I don't have to be in the the Bible 24-7. I can be at home. I can be a, a, a new dad changing a diaper. You don't expect what you're about to get. You, you, you're going to get a whoo. You're about to get it. What you're expecting is going to be one thing. What you actually get is a whole nother thing. But so much teaches me about the love that my father has for me. The way my, I, I, I try to raise my children. The way, the way I try to love my wife. This is it. God so loved. You don't, know, you don't have to know the future. You don't have to know what's going to happen. You do have to know this, and I hope you do know this, that God loves you. Yeah. And we can live our whole life on those few words. God loves me. Amen. Amen. Awesome.
4: Uh, Scott, can you make my voice sound like Thomas? <laughs> People in the camera, can you make me look like Donnie or Sam? I'm <clears throat> uh, just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, I get a little nervous and kind of tend to make jokes, so just forgive me for that. Uh, but, so, uh, when, when I was asked to do... Uh, you know, the, the book thing. Uh, sometimes, like, in my life, I know that the, the way the Lord speaks to me is very weird. Like, my brain rattles, like, and I just go in this tangents, and, like, I start with one thought, and then I just go. So, anyways, um, I read the first verse that is, like, on the very introduction of the light chapter. You know, it said the, the word gave life uh, to every, to, to the creation, and his life light gave, light, gave light to everything. And I just keep rolling around and, like, think about all this, uh, all these places in my life, that, all these situations that I've been into that expose uh, darkness, you know? And then I'm not saying, like, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. like, the, the deepest things, like, the things that sometimes are not sinful, but they're, like, either separating you from what the Lord is trying to do in your life or it's holding you back or, like... It's something that you just don't know that is there. Yeah. Um, and I keep thinking about Mary, too. I'm like, not this Mary. This Mary knows everything in the kitchen, especially. Uh, but uh, I think about Mary, how she had this vision from the angel and all that stuff, but she doesn't know. She's just expecting. She's on that yeah. Advent. time, yeah. You know, I was just expecting, well, when is Jesus going to come and when he's going to show? And I find myself on that place in, in a lot of areas of my life. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a child with disabilities, so sometimes it's really like my daughter was born normal, and it was very unexpected. Like, you know, she was a little smaller than normal, but I mean, look at me. <laughs> I'm like three <laughs> feet tall. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, everything seems normal, and suddenly everything like switched into a world that we didn't know, well, of all the unexpected, and, you know, and realistically speaking, like, there were a lot of places of darkness in my life, like, I, the guilt or blame that I put on myself, because, <laughs> uh, you know, like, when we find out it's a genetic, genetic thing that she has, I'm like, I start, like, you know, the enemy start putting guilt and all these things in my, in my mind, like man, you know, like, you messed up your kid, you know, you give them the bad gene, and I'm like, of all the genes that I had, like 20,000, I gave her the one bad one. Um, But yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I wouldn't change my daughter for anything, just don't get me wrong, I'm not, I don't wanna sound like an ungrateful father, I love my kid. Um, But yeah, and then I find myself in that place where I I really needed the Lord to shine light and show me what is, where is this going? What are you taking me? Where are you taking my family? What about the calling that we had over our lives Uh, before we knew we were gonna have a child with disabilities? Uh, It sounds very hard to do now with like, you know, and all these things, but at the same time, it's like the, you know, the the light that the Lord has shined uh, on us as creation. It's like, it's said The Lord doesn't just change his mind. The Lord is like, has that plan for us? And he'll see it through. He'll lead us into that way, and try to cut it short because I talk a lot. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, and on on all those times of you know, as as I was reading the book, I read the book like twice because I'm a mailman, so I just listen to it all day and it just plays over and over as I deliver mail. Uh, I couldn't get that out of my head, that one verse, and, you know, and I start thinking about my life and all those places that I needed the Lord to shine. And the Lord keep giving me uh, Psalm 10, 119, 105. You know? It says, the, your word is a lamp into my feet, and it's a light into my path. And that, like everything related to fire, lamps, torches, it's like something that the, for some reason the Lord always speaks to me through it, Uh, if anybody knows, my birthday is on Thursday. I'm trying to get a lamp tattoo. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But no, for real, like, uh, I I love, I really, really love that verse. It's one of my favorite in the Bible, and it happens to be about light. Um, Lord gave me this revelation of, you know, his word is true. You know, it's either true or he's not, but he is true. He cannot lie. He's God. So his word is a light into my feet. It shows me where I stand, where like every single part of me shows everything, exposes everything, good or bad. And, and the Lord can actually, and I can see what I need to work on, what I need the Lord to, you know, fix. And what do I need to fix myself and all these things. But it also is a light into my path. It's actually showing me and it showed Mary and showed Joseph, like, where, uh, um, where are we supposed to go? Like, it, it lead us into the way. And I know that in this season of my life, because of that, I can always, um, you know, his, his word is true. That his grace suffices me and my family. Yeah. Then, I missed a part. I forgot a part. But um, anyway, his word showed me where I stand and where I'm going to go. So, I'm trying to keep it short. I love you guys. Remember.
0: Man, come on. Give them some love. Give everybody who just shared some love. So good. I, it is not easy getting up here. I, I, sometimes I do this and make people preach just so they know what I go through every week. And it's usually the people who are like, what do you do all week? Just preach. Um, no, I'm just joking. Uh, what an amazing, wasn't that awesome? I'm telling you, man, it's, it's like, that was so good. And it's so refreshing, um, because we all have a voice, um, even flittering Donnie. Um, we all have a voice and we all have something to share and something to say. Nobody laughed at that? Donnie didn't even hear it. Um. And and I'm just I'm thankful for the people that are in this church, and I know uh, next time the next five by five is going to be a ladies' night because um, Abby wasn't able to be here, so we have got to make up for it again. But um, but I'm I'm so thankful for that. The reality is, on, on what we talk about, what we talked about today, um, you see this theme, right? And you see it even in Mary as she's carrying a child who she didn't expect, um, and on top of that, it wasn't just a child; it was the Savior of the world, uh, was announced by an angel right? Do not fear, because not just what you're watching now, but what you're about to walk into requires courage of you. And I think for many of us, um, where we're at maybe requires more courage than we thought we had, requires more boldness than we believed was ever possible. And, um, that or there's a friend or a family member or a coworker who requires courage, and it's going to be found in you. It's going to be found in the way you walk, because you watched as you read the gospel as a Um, whose name was disparaged because of the fact that Jesus showed up in her. Isn't that wild? Sometimes Jesus shows up in your life and, and you're the one that's name gets dragged through the mud and you're the one that... And yet Jesus knew that he would redeem what was done and, and, um, and the vulnerability and the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Amen? I just want to say thank you to Samuel, to Thomas to emma to donnie and to abby she didn't find out till yesterday that she would not be able to be here so she had prepared something and uh we're going to figure out a way for her to get to share that but i just want to say thank you to to you as a church for supporting them you amen them better than you amen me and uh and i really appreciate that and am hurt uh but some of you today we're going to worship and i'm going to come back in a minute share a couple uh just announcements things that you need to know about but i want to just tell you that uh that there may be places in your life right now that seem a bit dark. The interesting thing about a flashlight, interesting thing about a lamp, um, that light only goes as far as you do. Um, even as bright as it is, it will only go as far as you take it. And Jesus has decided from the very beginning to be in partnership with you. The reason he came as a child was so that Mary would find out, I'm going to do this with you, not without you. And for many of us, We have to be willing to bring the light into the areas of our life where there's the most doubt, the most frustration, or the most confusion. We need clarity around an issue or a thing or a decision. So I want to pray over you. I want you to just real quickly think about a couple of things that were just said, maybe just the impression that was given. Maybe the Holy Spirit kind of dropped something in your mind or heart as they were sharing. And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit right now, hey, what are you speaking to me? Um, Sometimes we wait on the, the guy in the pulpit to tell you what the Lord wants you to hear instead of just listening for ourselves. And so I just want to give you a couple seconds. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and just ask the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, what are you speaking? What do I need to take from this? What do you want me to walk away with? Lord, I thank you for every person in here. I thank you that while they may feel like they are maybe surrounded by darkness, we pray that the light would shine brightly. God, I pray that even in their minds, their hearts, their soul, their body, God, I pray that you would, even in this moment, begin to reveal new things, fresh things. As Pastor Meredith prayed earlier, Lord, I pray that there would be um, uh, the dreams and the callings and the giftings that we have kind of put on the back burner would come back into our hands and back into our hearts and that, God, I pray that as we lean into the season of Advent, that every day the expectation of what you are doing in us and through us on every street and in every heart, God, we begin to grow and expand and increase, that we would not rush past this season, but we would fully embrace it for all that for all that it is, the waiting and the wonder. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Why don't you-